We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back. We are back, baby, with another episode of the Golden Bearcast, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. What's up, Rob? How's it going? Yeah. You enjoyed that intro? That's energy. That is 100% energy right there. I don't know what you had for dinner, but clearly, clearly it is bringing the heat this evening on a cold Thursday evening in the Bay Area. I don't know where you live. It's beautiful outside. <laughs> it's still cold, though. Like, relatively cold. It's I mean, not... maybe for you. <laughs> I-, I live out here in the, the hot area. I was outside by a fire pit, hanging out. Did you did you feel the earthquake today? That's my question. No, never do. You, but you feel all of them, which makes me think you sit in a bad location. Oh, to be fair, I did not feel this one. Oh, okay. I was sitting. I was sitting on my couch watching the Cal game, and then I was on my phone, and then I found out that there was an earthquake at like eleven a.m. Yeah, it was like eleven thirty or something like that that they said there was a there was earthquake. But anyways, if you um, haven't guessed by now, we're recording this on a Thursday, Thursday, in which Cal basketball lost by a 29. whopping twenty nine points. Yep. Tell me how Colorado's team is this year. Oh, they're they're a tourney team. Like they're actually the top three Pac-12 team. Like guaranteed conference. They're probably vying for a conference championship this year. I watched them play USC earlier this season, and yeah. they looked pretty impressive. Yeah, they're a really good team. Uh, but it doesn't deny the fact that we looked terrible across the board. <laughs> what is the word I'm looking for? Two words rhymes with smash rockets. <laughs> I mean, my recap is up, uh, which I wrote like two hours after the game was over. Um, and it's, I don't want to say it's scathing. I don't think it's that that scathing, but um, it does ask a lot of questions about where we are. And it actually, I actually went back and watched Mark Fox's introductory, introductory press conference at Cal. And I quoted him from that where he's like, we're going to be a defensive team. Like that's our identity. We're not going to be an easy out. He said something along those lines. 
yeah. but we're we're defensively the worst team in the conference. Defensive efficiency wise by advanced analytics by Ken Palm has us as a worse defense than Viking Jones ever had in his two year tenure here. That, hey. that that speaks a lot. <laughs> in some regards, it's a first. <laughs> I'm just gonna read the title of your article. Bears add another to the loss column via Colorado. Is there any defensive identity being built? Statistically, it's not evident. <laughs> yeah, I'd say... <laughs> you could have just left it with the question, but I love that you <laughs> answered it. Yeah. Like, nope. <laughs> so, yeah. Not great, folks. And no. it was a fun conversation because, um, you know... We you had that tweet about I think I was tweeting about like why is there or someone tweeted Drew tweeted me about an 11 a.m. game and I was like yeah I have no idea and then you came in with the knowledge uh, but then Simon came on and <laughs> asked you know totally an innocent question because he has no Are idea you guys like, even good <laughs> that's basically what Simon asked it was should you even care about basketball to which the resounding you know, response was yes. And Nick came in and with the like, fire from 2009 to 2017, we were yeah. top three in the conference or better. And so if, I mean, remember that folks, remember it because that's, that's the side of me. That's like, Ooh, Oh boy. That, I mean, I swear, I promise you if this was not COVID times and they were seeing the impact in the stands, like we talked about on the previous yeah. pods, this would be a dumpster fire, but it's not right now because they're not seeing that impact. So, yeah. And you're talking about like, what, this is like year three for a lot of these young guys? Because like Viking Singh was like, yeah, this is the youngest team in college basketball. This is yeah. also the youngest team in college basketball. Like, And then now those young guys are older. So Mark Fox was kind of, yeah, like we weren't going to give you as much of a run, like a longer runway because you had these younger players that were going to develop into, you know, their college prime. And he had proven that he had been able to do that at Georgia, taking a little bit more of a senior team and making it to the NCAA tournament. Once. Once. But what we're seeing now, that ain't happening. No. It looks really bad, I would say. (laughs) All right, so here's what, if right. Andy's if Andy's saying it's bad, man, it's gotten like bad, bad. Like yeah. I, you know, Andy uses me as a very good gauge of like what he should be thinking. But if he's also come to terms of like this is bad, <laughs> then it's it's uh, gotten pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's gotten bad. If you even have me paying attention right now, that's <laughs> something's woken me up, and it's like ding, ding, ding. Something's not right. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> It must have passed like ninety eight percent of fans already. <laughs> the uh, at Andy, let's but go ahead. W- we need to do some research and see like what tech companies have sold and if there's someone high up in those tech companies <laughs> that went to Cal and try to see if we can tap in for you know like a twenty five million dollar investment in hiring a, a a super legit coach. Who's if you had no budget concerns? Who would you hire? Okay, maybe not no budget. So, like, I don't want you to say, like, Coach K. Like, that's obvious. Or yeah, like Calipari. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm saying if reasonable you were, like, get. reasonable get. Reasonable get. Let's say we had, like, a competitive 
we are able to uh, like give them a competitive uh, salary and all that, all that yeah. stuff. That's a tough question. Uh, I mean, real like my dream hire a couple years ago was Tom Crean, right? Who is now destroying it at Georgia, which is which is hilarious, uh, because that's where Mark Fox was before he came to Cal and he took that year off. So, um, yeah, it would have been Tom Crean. I think Shaka Smart at Texas. Um, I would have liked him because there were there, there were some uh, inklings last summer or two summers ago when you know uh, Fox was being hired that uh, Shaco was about to be fired that same summer, yeah, or that same like air, air time, around that same time, and I was like, if he gets fired, I think that's a that's a damn good hire if you can somehow pull that off. Um, but yeah, I mean, realistically, right now, I don't think. There's we're not going to get that established coach because we don't have the money or the facility that we can compete with other power five programs even um, just across the the P five. So you're going to have to go with an up and comer. And I say why not hand the keys over to Dennis Gates? Um, like he's a Cal guy, played here, a damn good recruiter at Florida State. And then let's say you bring it. Let's say you. I know. I know this this plan failed last time, but let's say you bring on you know, Theo as the lead assistant right behind him. Because the thing with Gates is that he was, uh, uh, what's it? FSU's head coach. I think it's uh, coach Leonard. He was, he was coach Leonard's like lead assistant for quite some time. So he knows how to, to like deal assignments or like what it's like to be a lead assistant. So I feel like that chemistry there would be there and he would teach him the ropes and then if dennis moved on to bigger and better things then we have theo right there to take the reins um i don't think theo's coming back i don't think so either i don't think he's ever coming back not after that that debacle that went down the only way i think theo comes back is if you offer him the head coaching job like just off the bat just you give him the head coaching job and you say four years we won't touch a thing like yeah. you get all the time in the world right but that'd be uh, that'd be crazy i feel like if theo yeah, came back he's not high enough in the warriors Oh yeah. no, he's definitely not. No, no, no. I don't think. I don't think this time it's coming around. But there, I think it, there could get to that point in his career oh, if okay, he keeps okay. developing. Where there, and that's probably the only point in time where I see Theo coming back. I don't see him coming back in as, as an assistant. Um, it's too. It's, he has a great job right now. I just looked up Eric Musselman's record. No oh, God. What do you think it is? At Arkansas. At Arkansas. Yeah. Right now, how many total games? Thirteen. Hmm. I'd say what, like eight and five? Ten and three. Okay. I mean Probably should have gone with that higher. <laughs> I know people said he's a dick. Yeah. And that's his reputation. Yeah. And obviously like he hired Yanni and Yanni's just you know, yeah. terrible. We don't need to go in there. But uh, just not a good person. Just so, from an on court perspective though, he would have brought relevance back to the university and then you could have he could have gone on to greener pastures. Yeah. I mean, they're only paying him two mil. So yeah, nothing that we couldn't, uh, we weren't paying to Kwanzaa. Like that was right within the ballpark. I think, I mean, from what I heard, it was very, he said, she said kind of hearsay when I remember that. But I, from what I heard, you know, it, it sounded like he was just looked at Burke. who was like, you guys are too dysfunctional in that department. And that was pre, was it? That was pre Knowlton. That was Knowlton. Yeah, because that was the Viking hire, right? That's that's Mike Williams. So that's like Mike Williams' like final year year here. Yeah. 
So it was he had he had already he already said that he was leaving right at that point, like Mike Williams. So like, and then in in those final months, it was, it's kind of like a president, you know, sitting at the end of his. Uh, it's weird how the timing worked out, but like just at the end of his term, and it's just like you have like a month left, and you're not going to get anything passed. So what do you do? You just like sign off on amnesties and and you know, um, for and just doing like that type of stuff. Make a ton to, of problems for someone else to solve. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it felt kind of like that, where it was just like you didn't really do your due diligence. You didn't. You knew you like. You didn't really. It it felt like a higher world. It's like I don't really need to do anything to the best of my ability, or like. But then the time was so long that he couldn't just leave it hanging. I remember. I, I remember us talking to Mike Williams actually the week that Conzo left for Missouri outside of Cal football the stadium for practice and uh we were talking to him off the record and i think at this point it's it's all moot so it doesn't really matter but he basically said um that they they asked Conzo like is there anything we could do to keep you to stay like is it a pay raise you know you know something like that and he said no he just wanted to go home uh so there's nothing we could do it was like our hands are tied um and he and he left but with that like we got a hefty buyout right i don't know what we did with that buyout (laughs) Like we got a buyout from Missouri. Like what, did, what are we doing with it? Like did, is, is, did we push that money back into the search firm that hired Mark Fox? <laughs> like, like that, I don't know what we did with that money instead of like pushing it into getting a higher tier coach. We like went with one of his assistants that was like unproven and was never even a lead assistant ever. Um, so, oh God, I don't know why we're even talking about this. It just makes me sad. <laughs> Just going to start off with some nice, depressing God. basketball talk. <laughs> yes. Just makes me all sad already. Uh, excellent start. Excellent start. But we got – we let's move on. Some little bit of happier news. We'll do all these quick stuff, and then there's the meat of the conversation that I want to get into with you uh, after, in, in the, the main part. So first few things. A lot of players uh, deciding to stay or move. Over the last uh, week or so, Marcel Nancy announced that he is returning for his final year. And? Like Hicks and Coindang and Cam Good and Josh Drayden. Woohoo! That is a group of kids that I did not expect to come back. At least not all of them. Um, surprises for you out of that list? Most. Most, yeah. Most. Yeah, I right. think maybe Dancy coming back, not surprising. Hicks coming back, surprising. Coin, either way. Uh-huh. Cam Good, surprising. Josh Drayden, either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm here to talk about what what Marcel Dancy tweeted. Which is? that He guaranteed that the axe was coming back to Berkeley in 2021. Guaranteed it. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> in like January, yeah. <laughs> this is they haven't even touched the football in like two months, and this dude's just straight up saying, "Yeah, we're it's coming back." I honestly think so. that's the coolest thing that a running back has said since Marshawn's been here. <laughs> that's, that's that's it right there. Takes the cake. Yeah. That's yeah. just perfect. Oakland first, baby. Oakland first. It's just that's. It's just how it is. He has that. He has that. He has that. Like when he talks a little bit, that Marshawn swagger 
just a, just a, just a tad bit. He's not he's not as outspoken as Marshawn ever was, yeah. but he does have those moments where he like says something like that that's just like oh yeah he's he's like confident in himself. Yeah, there was like that uh, Najee Harris clip too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, some sad news on the other end is that we have some sad potential, news. Yeah, some potential leavings. No, no, no. This is not sad news. This is the lamest shit ever. <laughs> All right, continue. Andy, on. Andy's going in. All right, we got two. First one is Jeremiah Hawkins is transferring to Texas State. We already knew he was transferring, but we now we know his destination. He is now going back to be coached by Spav and Jacob Peeler. Peeler was his original recruiter here at Cal and will now be his offensive coordinator at Texas State. Uh, Good for him. Yeah. I graduated. Think that's a, graduated. graduated. I think that's that. a great way to end up end his career. Next one is uh, Putasi Putasi has graduated and is into the transfer portal. Didn't play much. I think he played a total of four games for us. Uh, in his four three years here, so wish him nothing but the best uh, for his future endeavors and wherever he decides to play his final season of football. Last to, one is you wait to temper it down. You just yeah. tempered it down. You gave him. We built the hype, and then you're like, no, no, no. Nah. We're gonna give you the slow burn. Yeah. All right, Rob, tell him the news. The last one, Makai Polk is uh, had first announced his intention, or he didn't announce his intention to transfer. He just it just showed up that he was in the transfer portal. Uh, and then he committed to Mississippi State, where former Washington State head coach Mike Leach is garbage. <laughs> Le- the- <laughs> I'll let I'll let you go. You do you do you say what you need to say. First of all, Makai had become one of my favorite players on the team, especially because of that UCLA game in 2019. He was just super explosive. He's from El Cerrito. So he's yeah. like East local Bay, yep. local kid, goes to Cal, great height, great hands, good speed, athletic, like everything you'd want a receiver. And then I buy his jersey. <laughs> and this is how he repays me for that? <laughs> of all the places you were going to go, it's like, all right, I was already broken up about Makai leaving. And then you choose... Mississippi State, the program that should have everyone kicked off of it for instigating the biggest fight in the history of college football, while their head coach was giving taking selfies in the stands with fans during a global pandemic. With his mask off. With his mask off, thank you. That's the program you went to? That was a punch in the face, and then just, let's say it was some... Just Makai just punched me on a boat and then was like, ha, you thought I was done. Just threw me overboard and was like, see you later. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about that. <laughs> Andy was very, very upset about this. Um, and I, I honestly, honestly, this move, right? The only way I can understand it is that he wanted more touches. And in an air raid offense as a wide receiver, you're going to get those touches, right? You're going to get the opportunity at the at the least the opportunity to get those touches, um, and be pretty prolific uh, if you're one of the one of the main you know targets in that offense. But, and here's my but: air raid wide receivers tend not to do so well in the pros. 
it is it is just I don't want to say it's fact because there's definitely like extenuating circumstances and, and outliers, but for the majority, like I hate bringing this up, but we can talk about ourselves. How many wide receivers of the Sunny Dykes era under Goff and Webb that we were like, holy shit, these guys are amazing. They're going to ball out in the pros. Even played in the NFL, right? Bryce Chags did not end up ever really playing, right? Yeah. And then we Kenny had... Kenny Lawler never ended up playing. He was on the practice squad for years. We had um, Trevor Davis, who's basically Trevor Davis, special teams. Right, he was more known for special teams. Darius Powell with the Giants for a little bit, but he was a tight end. And then Steven Anderson now is getting some a lot more burn. Like, Steven Anderson is probably the only one that has a decent amount of burn in the NFL. And a late-season surge from Chad Hansen. Right. Um, who is my missing? It's, it plays for the Red, played for the Redskins. Oh, Maurice Harris. Yeah, Mo Harris. Yeah, he played for a little bit, but he that that he hasn't played in a while too. So like I think fringe. I, I think I think a lot of people hmm, it was interesting from a subject standpoint. Had a long day, so thinking about random things. Yeah. Um I think a lot of people sacrifice long term gains for short term satisfaction. Yeah. And, and that's a lot in the world right now, too. And the the grandiose move <laughs> of that is sacrificing a University of California Berkeley degree to get one from Mississippi State. And if you're looking at the relevant examples that Rob's giving, and you're saying one to two years in the league at best, okay, great. So you make what, league minimum those two years? How much is that? If you're in the league and not on practice squad, 500K? Oh, like, yeah, five, 600K. All right. I mean, think about it this way. How many, how many of even, oh, since he's going to Mike Leach, how many Washington State wide receivers do you know is balling it up in the NFL? I can't name any off the top of my exactly, head. Exactly, exactly my point. Exactly I, my point. I can name Gardner Minshew, but. <laughs> he's about to be replaced. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. So. Like River Craycraft, that's like the only guy I can think of who's still in the league right now. That's good. That's a that's a good name drop. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's a dumb move. I, I but who what who am I to say? I don't have the ability to play college football. I didn't ever have that choice. So I must recognize that you know I'm just literally the dude at home that's having an opinion. So um, he's betting on himself, which I think that's at. at, at from that standpoint, that's admirable. If you're betting Always. on yourself, Always. I think that's the most admirable thinking thing you can do. Um, as a fan of Cal and is talking, he betting, like, is he betting on himself? Like, I think if, he is. You would have bet on yourself because we talked about this. Maybe he was leaving Cal because schematically he didn't like it, but also because there was a lot of talent coming in. Maybe he didn't see himself as part of the ones. Um, he had the third maybe. third most touches on the team. Right. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's why I'm like, it like that's the only the way only way I could explain this is that he wanted more touches. He wanted to be that number one or number two guy, but like you were number three on a pro style offense. Like I think that tape is worth more than being a part of an air raid where you're running three routes just from different positions. You know. So let's zoom out. We'll let Makai live his life, but. 
do you do you think that there's a trend here with wide receivers leaving this program that you that we should be concerned with? So yeah, I mean, Avi brought that up in our Rifer California Slack, right? And that's you know we talked about it for quite some time. I think the the basic gist about it is, for me, no. I mean, none of none of Justin Wilcox's wide receivers that he himself recruited have left, like because you know they were mad at the program. Like we don't know why we don't really know why Makai's leaving, right? It's this is all our own speculation of why he wants to leave. But Makai Polk is like the the first real one to leave. The other ones we don't really really have, right? Like Melkis Melkis left, but he was a Sunny Dykes guy. D Rob left, he was a Sunny Dykes guy. Um, Jeremiah Hawkins is leaving, but I mean he's grad transferring, and, and you know if he wants to play his final year elsewhere, like who are we to say? And plus he was he was going to get a little buried on the depth chart anyways, and he wanted to you know play one more year. I don't think like graduating and transferring counts. I think it's like the kind of I know, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, even Conovai does a grad transfer, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Um, I don't remember. I didn't think yeah. so, but maybe it was. Yeah. Because some of these guys graduate in three years, right? They don't They don't necessarily stay like or do all four. So I think it, it's – I don't think so. I'm, I don't think that there's an issue here. Um, there might be an issue in that transition between Nick Edwards to Burl Toller, but I feel like Toller – has built a good repertoire with all of these guys enough. So there's always going to be an outlier. I think Makai's case was that outlier. Was Makai a Burl Toller or a... He is Nick uh, Edwards. Nick Edwards. Nick Edwards. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, all right, Makai. I don't know what I'm going to do with my jersey. I guess I'll just have to wear my Deshaun Jackson. No, white just wait until a, no, a new number 17 pops up. We'll definitely have a new number 17. <laughs> Come on, J. Michael. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> J. Mike. J. Mike wears the number 17. Yeah. It'd be so, so great. It could be. Could be. But uh, one last uh, player movement is uh, Raymond Woody third, who's a safety from Florida State, is transferring into Cal. He'll be eligible to play for us this year, I believe, if the NCAA passes that uh, one-year uh, transfer rule thing that they postponed the vote on. But I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that thing's going to be a cap that be passed before the season starts. So he'll be eligible. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was a. We were in his final list. The only reason I think he went to FSU was because Dad was coaching there uh, under Willie Taggart. So I think. It was just uh, he wanted to leave, and we were still in touch with him, and that's that. And now he's coming here. Yeah, his offer list is was yeah. insanity. Yeah, so that's, that's the type of guy you want. Yep. Um, some recruiting news: uh, four-star defensive tackle Demonic Williams commits as the first commit of Cal's 2022 recruiting class. Speaking of insane offer lists. <laughs> this dude has an incredible yeah. offer list. 6'1, 300 pound defensive tackle from Mission Hills, California. Uh, offers from SC, Washington, Arizona State, Utah, Michigan. 
Um, and uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, I believe Andy. Have you seen like this kid's some of his like videos? Cause, yeah, uh, watch this tape. Yeah, he's he's fifteen. In the tape. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because wow. think about it. He's he's now becoming a senior, right? Which means this tape is actually from last year. So he's 16 now. And so the tape is from the season prior. So he's 15 in the tape. He's just like that. that he, <laughs> he's someone we need badly yeah. because he's just someone that can fill gaps and occupy one, maybe two O-linemen. And that's and like the 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 Niners, absolutely. what we used to do back in the day. And now uh, we have that rotation of these guys, right? Remember how we were always talking about we were missing that Chris Palmer type, like that 290-pound bowling ball that like just just has a like yep. gravity well in the middle of yep. the line? Now we have that with like him, Jaden Roberts, Stanley McKenzie, like those guys. Now we have the depth there now. That's That's cool. That's super cool to see. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, back-to-back years where our first commit is a four-star recruit. Super solid. Only getting better. Only Andy going California on. too. Yeah. Keeping at home. Yep. That's the big thing. Um, moving on to some Cal coaching hires. Of course, uh, we talked about Tory Becton uh, leaving for Texas, or did we not talk about that? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Cal fans, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. That's right. If you listen to us every week and you're like, these guys are lame and I want to do it myself, this is the perfect opportunity for you. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters like Rob, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. 
Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Actually, some fan asked us about it, so we'll talk about it later. But Tori Becton, our strength and conditioning coach, is headed to Texas to join Sark's uh, team there. So Cal was on the hunt, and Cal hired Arkansas State's strength and conditioning coach. And he is not actually Arkansas State's strength and conditioning coach because he was only there for two weeks, two or three weeks, because he was hired there with Butch Jones, who was their new head coach uh, on their staff. And then Cal brought him back out to the West Coast. He uh, he was a part of Arizona's team under Sumlin for the last three years. And that's probably where the connection is, is because Marcel Yates was the defensive backs coach when he was on the strength and conditioning staff there at Arizona. Um, he's had assistant uh, coaching positions with guy with the, at the NFL level with the Niners, Power Five schools like LSU, um, and he's a he's from California. He like did his undergrad I think in Irvine, so he has that West Coast connection there. And now it looks like he's going to be our new strength and conditioning coach. I think it's a great hire. I think it's I don't a solid think, hire. I think what you heard after you said Arkansas State was yeah. probably silence. Yeah. I don't think you heard anyone out there clapping. Yeah. But then when you actually look at his background, background's awesome. Yeah. NFL and Power 5 level of winning teams. Like, that's that's huge. Huge. He was the He was on that staff when Leonard Fournette was at LSU, that alone should just be like, okay. (laughs) Okay. That is a man. (laughs) All right. That is all the news. Andy, is there any other news that I'm missing? Yep. What am I missing? You're going to break the news, right? We're, we're not going to, we're not going to break the news, but we, we had someone message us, our dear friend, Sean McNally, um, messaged us. And he said, he basically messaged, this was last night um, on Wednesday, and he was like, hey, uh, you might want to take a look at this. And uh, what it was was, all right, Andy, do me a favor. Open up open up Google Chrome for me, would you? Or any type of browser. Google, Google's probably best because we I've been doing this on Google. Yeah. So Chrome. open up Google for me real quick. And type in, type in, and this is going to be a fun one, type in Cal Adidas Gear. Adidas gear. Hit enter. All right. The first the first three things you're going to see are ads, right? Yeah. But the link right below it. Shop.calbears.com backslash calbears backslash Adidas sideline gear. But if you click it, it leads straight to Under Armour, like polos and stuff but if you look at your if you look at your browser and the link itself it says adidas sideline gear all right now let me do some investigation let me look up what i'm gonna put in adidas sideline gear oh and guess what pops up what unc wilmington (laughs) i mean that they're they're adidas sponsor washington huskies nebraska corn husker they're sponsored they're sponsored all right. This is good sleuthing right here. This is very good sleuthing from our dear friend, Sean. Ooh, A&M. Right. And, oh, yeah. All and the here's my, gear. And here's my thing. 
All right. Here's here's why I think this actually might have merit. And it might not. This is totally speculation here, right? First of all, of course it has merit. What? <laughs> what? How do you think that just that didn't just magically I don't know. happen? <laughs> I don't know. But okay, here's my also, thing. Also, also, why when I put in Caladita's gear are fanatics, shopcalbears.com, and shoppack12.com and Adidas all bidding on my search term. Well, because you wrote Adidas. I know, but like, wouldn't, why is, isn't shop.com, shop.calbears.com a fanatic store? It's and run by fanatics. Yep. Fanatics is separately bidding. So they're yeah. bidding against themselves. In yeah. fact, I'm going to click on it just so that they have to pay for their <laughs> silliness. <laughs> All right, continue, continue. I interrupted you. No, here's my thing. So, I, you know, you and I are both video game guys, uh, but I am definitely a lot more invested into the the video game leaks and, like, stuff coming out side of things. And the the, the thing with video games when they release uh, is that a lot of these, how leaks happen is that a lot of times retailers are making placeholder websites for like games or products that they need to put up for either pre-order or for sale after the announcement goes up, right? Because they want to be the first ones to do so. That being said, that's how a lot of these leaks happen. And they're not live links. They're not posted anywhere. You just have to do some like Google cache and, and internet sleuthing to get those specific links. And you can pull them up on those websites via like Best Buy or Walmart or Target, right? So that's kind of, that's that's my thought process. That being said, when you actually search this and you find this specific link, someone had to have created that, right? It's not it's not just a title that's like a fake pulling you over. Like you and I have both worked on, uh, what's it, SB Nation and all that. Like when we write an article and we put it up, these hyperlinks like we create, like it takes the first few words of our title or we can go in there and manually switch out, you know, keywords that we want to be searched, Correct. For instance, as a as a test, I just ran Cal Nike gear, and it links to eBay and two four seven Sports and uh, this site called TeamStores.com. Yeah, which that I doesn't seem like a real site. Puma gear, nothing. Yeah, Reebok. You got any Reebok? Let me try Under Armour. Under, Under Armour, Armour will. Under Armour goes definitely to will. the Fanatic store, of course. Yeah. Just checking, just checking. Yeah. All right, let's try Reebok. Reebok. CrossFit gear. Yeah. No. No. So the only one that has any search relevance. And that's actually in the link, right? It's like, if you look at the link itself, it's shop.calbears.com, yeah. shop. which is the official Cal Bears website backslash Cal slash dash bears backslash Adidas slash or Adidas dash sideline dash gear. And it leads to all of the polos and the sideline gear for Under Armour, but Cal stuff. Love it. Very so, exciting. It's so, happening. <laughs> it's happening. All right. So, so talk to me about this one. Do you think this is real or this is like a, like, this is all fake. This is all computerized, computerized crap that uh, you know the that Google's taking us for a ride. Ninety nine percent chance it's real. That's a leak right there. Honestly, think you should probably leak it 
and um, and then the, the the university will confirm it. True. I mean, we're already talking about it on this pod, so people are going to start talking about it because we're the first people that will be talking about this. All right, we got to tweet it. <laughs> we'll, so we'll tweet it out when I we would say this pod. Source on the tweet. I'm thinking source. Adidas is the next. <laughs> it can't be source. We already we already said that Sean was the one that tweeted it to us. That's our but, source. But All this the source means is we have a source. This, I mean, that's not even a real source though, because he was internet <laughs> sleuthing and he found it. <laughs> this isn't anyone in the athletic department that told us to look for this. This was this was straight up just a Google search. Nobody like, needs you know? to know that. That can still be a source. Source. We just talked about it the entire time. <laughs> All they need to do is re- rewind this like 10 minutes and they can find out about it. All right. So I asked um, I asked a buddy of mine who worked in this industry, like, you know, shoes and, and, and so on and so forth. And I was like, how realistic is this? Is this could this be like an actual real thing? And uh, here's what he said. He said, this is actually very, very interesting. Um, he said, that's really interesting. I don't think Fanatics would know that, you know, we would be signing Under Armour. So it could be just bad code where they just cut and paste from other schools. Um, okay, let me but test at that the theory. S- Go ahead. I'm going to test. Uh, you're going to test it. All right. But on the other hand, um, he's saying that... It could be real in that, but they also don't usually have stuff spun up for consumers right away. So this will probably take, if they're, if he's saying, he's saying that timeline wise, if they're working on a deal right now and they're getting all that branding stuff done, you won't see products probably come up until third quarter. Like he said, it takes about three quarters. So you probably won't, you probably won't get it till like a month into football season. Right. Um, And that'll be for like, you know, this like the sweaters and, and all that, but you'll also get like the basic, you might get the basic t-shirts and the polos that just have the Cal script just uh, screen printed onto it on an, a, you know, a generic Adidas polo um, just out there. But that's, that's probably about it. Uh, and that's what he's saying. So what I searched was Nebraska Adidas gear. I searched, okay, so then I searched Washington Adidas sideline gear, and none of them had that Adidas-sideline-gear, except for Washington State, which does. And when you click on it, it goes directly to their Fanatics site with all their Nike gear. Right. <laughs> Washington, uh, State, Washington State is Nike. So does that debunk uh, our theory? Damn it. Wow. Fanatics is just tr- garbage. Okay. Confidence score zero. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't send the tweet. I mean, the people still listen to this and talk about it, but I, I, but I that's do what think- they used to have. That's what they used to have. So that's their old. I think it's probably still real because that's probably what they used to use. It looks like they never got rid of that. But I imagine you would start putting it up there so that when... The only reason why you would have that up there so far in advance is so that when it's announced, people are going to type in, what are you, what are you going to type into Google? Cal Adidas gear. And then they'd have some, the, the landing page ready to go. It's already picking up some 
SEO, uh, SEO yeah. benefits right now because we're clicking on it, we're searching for it, we're clicking on it. You know, it's already you know if we type Cal, so I think that's why you do that in advance. <clears throat> but now, yeah, see, I clicked on it. Now it's the number one thing for me. Now it's yeah. even, yeah, it's right there. Adidas sideline gear. I would still bet that that's. I, I'm still in favor of us breaking it uh, with the tweet with the source. <laughs> <laughs> And the source. <laughs> it's Sean on his own like computer looking it up on Google. This isn't a leak. <laughs> tweet tweet that shit. Um I like it. I'm I, I would love it if we got Adidas. And we talked about it enough, but it would be a big win. It'd be a huge win. I mean and, and it needs to happen now. If we're gonna get our stuff, as I said, from from a buddy who who works in this industry. If we're going to get our stuff from their factories and whatnot, it takes three quarters. We're not, it's, it needs to come in before football season. <laughs> like it's January, yeah. mid January, like this yeah. contract and everything needs to start so that they can start like creative branding and cre- like, you know, making stuff and, and creating new things for it. That's just what needs to happen. Yeah. But yeah. This would be very interesting, and I think uh, I think it's just fun to think about. Um, but some internet sleuthing and some fun things. So yeah, if you're listening to this, go ahead. I'm sure you've already done it, but go ahead into Google, search uh, Cal Adidas gear, see what you get, and uh, let us know if you think it's for real, if it's fake, uh, if it's just some computer-generated link um, that we're overhyping. But yeah, I think it's it's a fun little thing to talk about. It's not really little. You get the point. All right, Andy, we're moving on? Yeah, let's move on. I'm already tweeting this out right now. <laughs> Breaking. Cal to sign with uh, at Adidas. Big win for the Bears. You're not really tweeting that, are you? I just tweeted it. <laughs> you're really tweeting that? What do you think? Of course. we got to break the news. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you, I'm, genu- I'm genuinely worried for you. Why? Because that's that's literally false news. That's literally fake news. Fine. (laughs) I'm genuinely worried for you to get in trouble with the athletics department. Okay. okay. All right. Let me rephrase it. But it's already on Twitter. That's the point. I just if I just said, okay, I have an idea. All right. Okay. But we continue. Let's get some fan questions. Let's get some fan questions. As Andy figures out what he actually wants to type and tweet without getting in trouble, potentially getting in trouble. You do realize that your weight, your your like tweets and words actually has gravitas like in the fan base because you're you're a podcaster, like you know, and a fan voice. So if you say breaking, they actually think you're breaking the news. Like you don't realize this. But you have to understand that your words have have weight behind them. We feel good about it. We feel good. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Anyways, talk about some fan questions. First one, got one from John Clemens on Twitter. He asks, how limited was this version of Musgrave's offense? Are we going to see substantial changes to play calling as more is installed, or will it be largely the same next season? What do you think? Any thoughts? You take first take. I think uh I think you know my my uh my version of this season is they already kind of I think 
as soon as the UCLA game was over, and this is tinfoil hat on, uh, as soon as the UCLA game was over, I think they kind of realized, hey, this season's not going to go as we think it's going to go. Like, we might have to play random opponents on random days. Um, so let's keep our playbook to a to a base minimum and not open it up unless we absolutely, like, want to or need to and probably do that towards the end of the season. And that's kind of on the trend of what Trey Beck said, right? Which was, like, you saw different pass patterns. You saw different play callings. You saw different, like, tendencies of plays even being called as the season progressed and particularly towards the end of the season. Uh, so I definitely think that the playbook was definitely a lot more closed and they were trying to save a lot of the stuff for an actual, you know, 12 game season where they could open it up a bit more. And there's no reason to open it up in a six game season with a new offense and show off all of that in game tape for them to prep for you next year. Right. Like, I don't think you need to do that. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about it. But yeah, I think I would say that I it's it's hard to say like what we saw with the offense this year and what to expect for next year. It's really tough. I mean, I think if you look at the things that are kind of a bummer going into next season, that's going to be one of them. And it's going to be the reason why I look at this team and say that there's you know, I think there's a firm ceiling on this team of eight wins. That's my, that's my, that's personal ceiling there. Yeah. I think like for me, I just have too many questions about what the offense looks like. So play calling scheme, uh, personnel fit, you know, like what we saw with chase under center versus chase being in shotgun. Um, just, you know, the fact that we're not really running as many RPOs, and seeing just and watching a lot of postseason football, like college football, this year, you just see how frequently that scheme is used and those plays are used and how effective they are. That it just had me sort of being like, oh, okay, you know, I think the offense is un- unfortunately still going to be a question. You know, it's just going to be one of those things. Does it have the ability to be better than I'm saying 100%? Uh, but it's going to depend on uh, the O line. You know, being able to relate, replace Kerhan and step into that role uh, and then make sure that we get a really consistent running game, which obviously we have uh, a lot of talent and then seeing much more of a downfield attack uh, than we have. But I, I don't know. Like, I still have genuine questions. I think there's people out there that are wondering how secure we are at quarterback. And I I personally have no idea what to say on that. I've tr- historically been incredibly harsh on Chase. So I have to kind of acknowledge that there's a bias that exists with me there, but I just don't know. Like we saw his best in Baldwin's last season with us and um, a season cut short by injury. And it, and then we, this year it sort of seemed like we regressed again. So I just, I think there's questions there and I, I, I think play calling is a piece of the puzzle. We'll find out more. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more too coming out uh, when they have spring ball in the spring. Um, not sure if they'll allow people to come watch, but I'm sure we'll get little tidbits out of there. And then also leading into fall camp. Um, next is from Scott Morita. He asks, I'd like to get your thoughts on the depart on the impact of the departure of Tory Beckton, and Marshall Charrington on player development and recruiting. These 
guys were both great at what they did for Cal football. Also, any thoughts on who steps in as replacements? What do you think? I mean, we kind of talked about Tory Becton's thing, right? Is that he's he's gone. We kind of already know his replacement. I think we already talked about how we we really like him, um, and that he's going to do. A, I think he's going to do a really good job, uh, particularly because he has the NFL pedigree. I think that's like what a lot of recruits, potentially higher recruits, are going to be looking for. Because you know, you know, I talked about it with you when we were talking separately. Is I think the strength and conditioning coach in a football program, like not on game day. But like in a football program, might be the second most important person uh, in the program besides the head coach because he is the guy that takes he connects with the players the most during the off season. Um, he's the guy that interacts with them, sets their like you know uh, training schedules, their workouts, like what what they need to particularly work out on, all that stuff. So he's a big foundational block to how you build your program up and. You know, a lot of the times, like when you see a program that has like a lot of players with muscle injuries, you know, like hamstring tears or, or deep quads or calf injuries and, and bicep injuries and stuff, that's usually po- you can point that back to too rigorous of a strength and conditioning program um, and weight training uh, with freak injuries. That's tough to call, but like deep muscle injuries, that's usually where you can point the finger to. So. Like if you get a guy who can alleviate that and yet build players up and help fill out their bodies and mature, that's the kind of coach you want. And Becton did that. I think uh, our new head, our new strength and conditioning coach probably do the same because he has that connection um, with so many of these top tier athletic programs. Yeah, well said. I mean, that really answers the question where I was about to be like, I really wonder how much uh, of an impact a strength and conditioning coach has on the program. But that was really well said. I think that covered it super well. I think we have a good hire there. Uh, I think what, when it comes to coaching hires, it's maybe this year isn't, I mean, and knock on wood, right? Because it's still going, it's still kind of ongoing and you never really know. But I think we should be excited about the coaches that didn't get hired away that we sort mm-hmm. of maybe thought would obviously the Oregon defensive coordinator position is still not filled. I, I don't believe. I don't think it's filled yet. Um, so I think that's you know still a concern there. If Tim DeRoyter is you know as as it's been reported is has interviewed for that. I mean um, to be fair, I mean for Mario Cristobal, he doesn't really need to hire that immediately. It's not a position. It's it's he can take his time with that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that to me will be. Um, Something to watch out for is just like that position. Uh, but I think the other one that we were worried about was potentially seeing Regal leave and Arizona filled in that uh, mm-hmm. they, that role with two coaches splitting it. So I think Regal's here to stay, which is or, which is fantastic. We've talked about it before. I, I know everyone didn't like special teams performance this year. I think it's a total anomaly and that he's, he's a really good recruiter. So I'm very excited that he's still here. I think Tim DeRoyter tweeting out was it dancy's that he or no it was drayden yeah that he tweeted out let's go so or coins some one of those defensive guys yeah and he was pretty excited so i i think it this this offseason is actually one where we might be a little bit more excited about who's still here versus who left although tory becton is certainly a loss mm-hmm. and uh, it was a good hire by sark sark's made good hires sark looks like a good hire that was uh very apparent in the in the national title game. Well, except for the eyes of Texas remark, but you know, we don't need to talk about that. Or uh, the fact that his main thing was getting them back to singing songs. You know who said that? 
Sark was not the first one to say that. You know who said that line? Is that Matthew McConaughey? Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes was the one that was like all about singing the songs. He's like, we're going to know the school songs. I, I mean, we liked it. I ate it. I like, uh, yeah, I, yeah. And that's why I say it's like people hate on him. Like, no, like it's cool. Like, that's fine. I'm sure Texas fans are like, yeah, that's dope. But he used to clown on Sonny. Yeah. Wasn't this the Sark when Sonny was there? He was like, who would want to go to Cal? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you, Sark. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to camouflage from us. We we remember that. That was noted in the historicals of life and will never be forgotten. Well, the second part of that question, as we move on, is about uh, director of recruiting Marshall Sherrington, who is going back to SC. I believe he did his undergrad at SC, so he's going home. I think that's, you know, if, if that's your, if that might have been his dream job. Uh, who knows? But you know he's going home, and who can who can blame him for that? And we move on to see who can, who we can get. But that's it's definitely clear that he's left an like a just a very very big influence of how we recruit guys, or how we interact with recruits, how we talk to them, what we send to them, how we do our graphics. Like you know even the videos that we put out with like Nick Mitchell and and that video team crew and the graphics like. You saw with the recruiting class this year all of the you know logos that they created for each player and the the hand drawn images and then even the videos of like you know you hear uh, I think it's Todd McKim that you hear doing like you're gonna see you know like talking about the specific players and all the videos you saw all year long it just kind of built that hype and just taps into like what do kids like these days like how, what can you do to get them more into like watching our stuff and be like oh that was awesome like i want to watch more of that or you know and and get into their just seep into their minds of the cal branding even more without just the football side and i know justin wilcox's focus is on the football side but you need guys there that can on the recruiting side that does the opposite right so you get that vast spectrum and you can hit them from different angles and i think marshall did that for us and changed the game for us a little bit and modernized you know cal recruiting to that degree. So hopefully uh, we keep that going in terms of replacements. Like, I don't know (laughs) like how to track that, like who are good, you know, recruiting uh, directors. Like I have no idea. That being said, I do know. And I I think I, I I think I'm allowed to say this is that uh, people have been interviewing and they have been interviewing people. Of course, that's expected too, right? Of course, you you would think that they'd be interviewing people, but I have heard that you know, um, and know of some people that have interviewed. So we'll see where that announcement goes or when it comes. Uh, but yeah, that I, was that was what you weren't sure you knew it. Of course, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just not sure. I sometimes I'm just not sure when people text me stuff. I'm like, am I allowed to say that? Like, what a part of that am I allowed to talk about? And what part of that am I not allowed to talk about? Um, people. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast tonight, but people might be eating dinner. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're right. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just a bit cautious when it comes to this type of stuff. I'd rather be safe than safe than sorry. Versus me. Who's breaking the news. God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Yang. We move. That's why we're, that's, that's why we're co-hosts on this podcast. We move. We have two more questions. One from Gerardo. I think we're around the same age. Uh, so who is your favorite player on offense and defense from the last three eras? Tedford, Dykes, Wilcox. His were Aaron Rodgers, uh, Kenny Lawler, Patrick Laird, Zach Follett, Jordan Kanasich, 
Action Divas. I know Jeff MacArthur is in my top three. Okay, so that clears your Tedford era wider offensive player. Oh, I only get one from each? One from each. One offensive, one defensive from each era. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that's a tough one. Toss up between Jeff MacArthur, JJ Arrington, okay. <laughs> and Mark. There's so many. There's so many. JJ Arrington was my password to my first Mac. Not my password to anymore, but it was. <laughs> so, okay. Fine. Jeff MacArthur, because he really started it all. Okay. And then um, defense. I probably would go. Well, or you want to go the same era? You want to go? Let's just do the same era one at a time. So you say your Tedford guys first, and I'll say my Tedford guys. Okay, my my defensive choice is is the. If you had asked me pre Tedford, I would have said Delta O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, he he was awesome. Yeah. But um, for my Tedford choice, it's Cam Jordan. Okay. And I had class. Oh yeah, sorry. Like, no, no, I, go I ahead. You had this? class. You had class with Cam. I had Jordan. class with Cam, and it was it's so interesting because we would and at the time it was like the the guy who ran like the athletic, it's like um, the athletic de- not the department but the student center. Yeah. Uh, I think his name was Derek, and I believe he's still at the university, and he had put put together this course, and it was a bunch of athletes. It was like Javid was in the class, Cam Jordan was in the class, a bunch of soccer players probably, um, you know, all the legends that you can think of are like all in this class and and me. (laughs) (laughs) And we're watching tape of NFL players just demolishing each other. And Derek, hopefully that's his name, asked Cam Jordan, he's like, what do you think and feel when you see these type of hits? Is because it was back in the day of when they were like celebrating these massive yeah, huge, collisions. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and even reminded me, I think in the national title game when like Kirk Herbstreit was talking about how these were the hits that they used to celebrate that you used to see on Sports Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I actually got to hear like Cam Jordan's perspective on that, and um, it was it was always very interesting, and just to see him as a freshman and then work with the team with him as a a junior and just see how hard he practiced and how. Um, also how hard I mean he was someone that in the game you could he would just go to this next level mm-hmm. and just completely take things to this next level and anyways he's awesome that's my those are my two choices um I think uh mine would probably be I mean because my my Ted Ferreira starts in 2007 like as a freshman at Cal it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere be like be like prior to that, so I'd say um, offensive player probably going to go with Deshaun Jackson. I that uh, our you know you know our freshman year at Cal like that was it was just electric seeing Deshaun. Um, and then defensively, I have to go in that same era. I have to go with Sidquan. Um, watching Sidquan play was probably one of the reasons, as I got older, had more respect for the safety and cornerback positions and what they do and, like, just how important those guys are on your team. And he was... Saquon was... Saquon was freaking amazing. (laughs) He is is amazing. Um, And I always felt like I held Saquon into, like, really high esteem. And then I got to see him on the team. and And then his senior year... It was really weird. Like, so him and like Marcus Isef, I don't know what happened, but they had an overlap 
Or was yeah. it, maybe it was his junior year. Like I think it was senior year. It was him no, and Mark Ezef Ezef. was still on the team in 2007 because he was the guy that hit hit the Oregon wide receiver right for that for that ball. Yeah, so, yeah. Ezef was so, still on the team. So when I was with the team was '09, and they would always show up to practice after practice would happen. So I don't know if they got in like academic issues. Um, but Siquan was like the chillest dude in the world. <laughs> so like, if you ever, like, if you're like, Hey, Siquan, how's it going? He's like, chilling, man. Like, just like, <laughs> just really, yeah. really, you know, one of those guys. And I, cause he was so good. He played all four years. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was just awesome, but I was always surprised that he didn't actually make it further in the NFL. Like, yeah. like big, big surprise to me. He had a few years, but that was brought it. You know who's someone that we really should choose that we never choose is Tyson Alawalo. Yeah. You know, he was really good. We, did yeah. we even draft him? We should have drafted him on our team. I don't think he counted. I think Why? he was drafted right before because we went 2010s, right? I think he was I think he was picked in like 2009. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good point. Good point. Good point. All right. Now we got to go. Uh, next D- era, Ted, uh, Dykes. Dykes era. Sunny Dykes era. Oh, boy. Favorite players. from. How about you go first? I don't have mine yet. Uh, favorite player? I I was a big fan of Darius Powell. I still am to this day. I think he was very underutilized and rated as a big-bodied wide receiver. I think if he had, if he had been born, let's say, four years later, I think he'd be – he would be like garnering very, very high NFL, you know, scouting eyes because that's the trend, right? These big bodied wide receivers that you can throw out against, you know, a 5'11 corner and you have a 6'4, like 220 pound wide out that's out there that can, you know, has a huge catch radius. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think he was very underused and underappreciated, but I really liked uh, Darius Powell. You know, and then he also did that celebration, throwing up the X every time he scored. So that was super cool. Uh, defensively under Dykes, um, you know what? The one fan favorite that always comes to mind is Cam uh, Cam Saffle. I don't know what it is, uh, but under Dykes, Cam Saffle, it it just that name always just comes to mind first, and he always had a few sacks. Like before he had to medically retire, like he had a few sacks that like. Every time he like sacks someone, it was just like, oh, here comes Cam Saffle. Like he's like, this is like, this is this is the game, uh, and he never quite got there. And you know, it's due to injuries and stuff. But I mean, he was he was pretty electric as a as a pass rusher. And I think if he had stayed healthy or was even in this Wilcox system, he'd be he'd be damn amazing. That's a good pick. I I have a hard time not choosing Jared Goff. I've been think I mean I've been trying. I'm like, damn, I really love Kenny Lawler. Yeah, and I mean, Goff uh, is, yeah, Goff's the easy way easy way out too, right? I like love Trevor just, Davis, yeah. but it's like, how could I not choose get Jared Goff for Sonny Dykes? He was the Sonny Dykes era Cal. Like of the good side of it, it was Jared Goff. You know, maybe sprinkle in some Davis Webb fun, but. You know, Jared just had this like cool, calm, collected attitude. He still has it, and uh, Davis was you know a little bit more of the dude from Texas, kind of a little bit more showy. But yeah, I do Jared on offense. Defensively, I am gonna say, well, hmm, 
Am I? I don't know if I'm allowed to. Huh. Well, because I can't say can I can't say Kanasich. You can't. But Ram- yeah. Rambo was my favorite. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, man, who else was was there defensively? I think. Well, I'll give out some names. I think my other two picks, prob or my other one pick, might have been Devontae Downs. Yeah, I was gonna say um, Downs, and then because um, he started off his career, you know, with that called back uh, interception touchdown run against, I think it was against Washington, his freshman year. And I was like, oh, my God, look at that athleticism, that linebacker. Uh, yeah, I would also so, say, like, shout out to, like, Demarie, um, yeah, EA, yeah, yeah. like... Uh, Devontae Wilson. Devon- oh, I love Devontae Wilson. Yeah, Devontae Wilson. But wait, he was more Wilcox, though, right? No, no, no. Devontae Wilson never got to play under Wilcox. Oh, I'm thinking of Funches. Funches You're thinking of Funches. Yeah, yeah, Funches yeah. is your dude. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think... That's a tough era for defensive players. <laughs> I think Marlo Sean? Didn't you really like Marlo Sean? I thought you liked Marlo Sean. Yeah, Marlo Sean. Because Marlo Sean talked hella shit. Yeah. He's done, done. Oh, man. There's a lot of guys that we just brought up, and they are not in the NFL. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That was not a good era. All right. And then so we go Wilcox now. Wilcox era. Offense and defense. I think I can go with mine. You want me to go with mine first? Yeah. All right. Uh, defensively, easy pick, Evan Weaver. Easy, yeah. easy pick. I knew you were going with that. Easy, easy pick. I mean, you and I have talked to him so much. He's just a, such a fun guy to talk to. He's he's a personality. Um, he's exactly what this football team needed from a, like an outward projecting standpoint at that time. Right? You needed that type of guy, and it was perfect. Uh, so he he like filled in that job perfectly and was outstanding on the field. Um, I still talk to watch some of the Washington writers and they're like, thank God. Like they, they said they still have nightmares and have to check if number 89 is on the field because they're scared of Evan Weaver. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. 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 Offense under uh, Justin Wilcox over the last few years. Oh man, that is that's hard. <laughs> that's that's so annoying. That's so depressing. It's so just as so hard, hard to think of offensive players for the Wilcox era as it is defensive <laughs> players for the Dykes era. <laughs> oh shoot! All right, well I'm going defensive. J.K. Jordan okay. Kanastich could yeah. choose him when I wanted to before, so um, he does cross over. And oh god, J.K. is going to be pissed that I didn't pick him because I'm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, dude. Uh, You're supposed to be his number one fan. I am. And he remembered my name, which was like the, the craziest moment for me, like where I was like, you know my name? <laughs> you, yeah. I mean, damn it. I screwed, I, that, I screwed the pooch on that one. That was, betrayed oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I am going to get it. All right. Anyways, offensively, who do we got? Oi. <laughs> Oi. I, I, the cop out answer for me is going to be Patrick Laird. Um, oh, that's a good one. But I mean, it's just he—he he had a—he had a great year, right? Absolutely, like stellar. Um, and he's now—he's still in the NFL. Um, he's one of our lone running backs over the last few years that's still in the NFL. So I mean, he's—he was absolutely stellar. Um, Ian the- Bunting. <laughs> like, who is there? There's really Mo- no one. Mo Waits. Like, the- 
Cheese Bowl. So you're like, okay, who are the offensive stars of the Cheese Bowl? Nobody. <laughs> Great. Chase Forrest? Uh, no, it has to be Garbers, man. Garbers got us the big game win. That big game win will so, always, okay. always, always be worth it. So here's my question, right? Garbers' final run, right, at the big game, or Vic Warren's trash-talking that won us uh, the SC game. Which, are you serious? Yeah. Because you know the answer to that. For you, I think it's the big game, but I would I I would have to hesitate and think about this because that was how long of a streak that was, right? That they yeah, broke. but you also know, like I don't love Vic Warden, and so I just think. But yes, I mean the SC streak win. I think if if you talk about the win, I don't know, maybe Nam and Avi feel like that was. That one was maybe more meaningful, but I think like I think Nam's the only person dude, that thinks that the SC win is more valuable than a big game win. The big game win with but the, the way it win. happened, like fa- friends, family on the field, Christmas card was us on the field, like just the run to the end zone, the point to the stands, just bananas. And to me, it's that. Right. So Garbers is my choice. Okay. All right, all right. There you have your. T- there we have all your picks. That's a good question. Yeah, took a, t- took took a, a while. Bit. We got the last last question for from Sid. Uh, remember? Do you remember Sid? She's the she's the uh, Oregon student who is a who's a Cal fan. Like she was yes. like from the Bay Area. Yeah, she asked us a final question of the day. Are you happy with the players who have decided to stay and play out their senior year? Do you have any predictions for them going into the 2021 season? That's actually a really good in- good question to end on. Um, yeah, I think it's great because it fills in where I picked, I left off with my, of course, <laughs> with my predictions. Yes. I so think let's answer Josh- the first first part. Should we answer the first part? Let's answer the first part. Are you happy with the players who have decided to stay and play out their senior year? Yeah, a resounding yes. <laughs> Especially the guys who are staying, like because we well, know when we lost is Zionde. Yeah, so and Zionde would have been like what twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, been in college way too long. <laughs> yeah, Zionde can move on. Um, not because I don't want him here. It's just like he can he can try out new things. We don't we don't have to linger on him <laughs> staying here. All right, uh, but yeah, all right. Do you have any predictions for them going into the twenty twenty one? season i think cam good has real potential to be the pac-12 defensive player of the year if uh if he keeps progressing that way we mm-hmm. hear our favorite guest uh, you know trey talking about how good and how talented he is and just the fact that you know, trey says that he just catches those really unlucky injuries mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a fully healthy Cam Good who was showing so well on tape this last season. Yeah, like he would be absolutely someone to look out for. I think Josh Drayden is an incredible cornerback. And it's just, we've had him for so long. And that experience is second to none. So I think that's huge. And then you look at Coin Dang adding all of that muscle. We didn't really see it at the beginning. He was kind of you know, coming into his own, and then by game four, he looked really, really good. The Oregon game obviously being his best game of the season. So with with those guys coming back, and then I think 
I'll let you talk about Elijah Hicks because I don't want to spoil like what I would say is just a retread of what you're probably going to say um, because you really like Hicks. And uh, am I missing anyone? Um, Dancy. And then yeah, so Dancy I think like comes into a position where I feel pretty good about. But Dancy like people forget like in the games that we that we struggled to run the ball, Dancy was actually the one that had the best like yards per carry kind of showed out the best uh, i think having that leadership and then also not on i mean not to be second um not to be forgotten is his off the field work too and so to set that example of what the what student athletes should be at cal is really important so i think he's a huge member of this so all those guys that came back are super super valuable and i think they're all going to make a big impact but the two that i would say by far like i think all conference type for me would be, uh, you know, Cam, like definitely Cam Good. And uh, I think Josh Drayton has the potential to do that depending on how he's used. Yeah. The one other guy that Andy forgot here is uh, starting center Michael Safel. Um, he has said he's returning. And I think that's huge. Having continuity at center, I think that's, that's absolutely huge. So, yeah, that's, I think, the. That actually might be the most important one from an offensive standpoint in returning. Even I think maybe even out of that entire group, the most important one returning is probably Mike Safel. Um, yeah. That yeah, center is such an important position that you don't realize. So yeah, uh, as as Andy was saying, like yeah, I think Hicks Hicks is huge because I I honestly think he was uh, some I, people think that Cam Bynum was our best cornerback. I think Elijah Hicks was our best cornerback. Um, I think he was. He lived in that shadow a little bit of people talking about Cam Good, and he quietly did his work. And this year, they were like, oh, Hicks wasn't as great, but he was also moving to a brand-new position at safety. Um, and, you know, he loves contact. He's a good tackler. He he hits hard, you know, and playing that safety position might actually benefit him for the future position at the NFL um, and being able to roam and see where he fits in, whether as a free safety or a strong safety. Uh, and you've seen, you know, the smaller um, sized safeties be a little bit more effective in the NFL these days. Like, you know, you see Jamal Adams, you see uh, Derwin James with my Chargers. Like it's those guys. I think it fits that same mold that Elijah Hicks does. Um, so I was surprised that he's coming back. But, man, he he might actually light up um, the conference from that safety spot next year. I think he's going to be really good because he got – however many snaps he needed at that and live snaps at that position instead of just practice in a bowl game. So you'll see him. Uh, they, I'm pretty sure they'll have some interesting packages with him. And then especially with him and then some of the other younger safety guys like, you know, Trey Passer and, and Daniel Scott and, and you know, Tyson McWilliams. Oh, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Is that it? Let me check the questions. That is it. That's our predictions for everything. That is our questions for everything. That is it. Uh, you know, did you did you see this? Um, we got followed by Marshawn Lynch's mom. We got followed by Mama Lynch, which is super surprising. Uh, really, really cool. But I know he's since he's your best player, um, and she's she's like a big she's a big social media personality too. Twenty two point nine k followers, huge, big time. But uh, that is it from the Golden Bear Cast. You can find me on Twitter at Rob11HWNG. You can find Andy at 
Andy J Beast Mode. You can find us on Twitter at Golden Bearcast. And also, if you found us where you're listening to us, then I don't need to tell you where you can find us on podcast platforms. Uh, we are also testing out a new um, platform to converse with our community and talk to you guys, uh, which is an app called Flick. Um, you can find it on our Twitter page. You can find it on my Twitter page. Just find the link, join up. It's a mobile app where you can chat, um, set uh, polls and quizzes and, and other fun stuff. Uh, so we shall see. Um, yeah, we shall see. But that's it. That wraps it up for us. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.